Commencing Operation Organization With tensions growing between the Autobots, the Ascenticons, and the Rise, Dark Forces begin to enact their plans. Wait, wait, who wrote this? Laserbeak, eject. Go and find the one responsible for this edgy intro script and threaten their life or something. Now then, what to do for now? <coughs> Dear audio listeners, ooh, that sounds good. I regret to inform you, but you have clicked the wrong podcast by mistake. Please use the back button and select the stuff you should know podcast. Much more original than this garbage. But if you insist on continuing listening to Swords Bar podcast, who am I to judge? Hold tight while I change the frequency. Hello and welcome to the podcast where we are currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2019 continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. And I'm Clickbait. Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW Transformers issues 7 through 12 or the rest of volume 1. And as always, spoiler warning, so if you haven't read them already, we highly recommend you go back, read them, then come listen to the podcast. And we have a special goal to reach 500 subscribers. We'll be holding a brand new kind of giveaway we've never done before. So click that subscribe button. Tell your friends this is a good time. Rate us 5 out of 5 Rodstar on all your favorite platforms or however it works. Now, onwards with the podcast. With that in mind, Clickbait, do you mind giving us some fun facts, trivia about the comic we're discussing for today? Absolutely. All right, listeners, let's get down with some fast and fun facts. So first up, we've got the number of comics uh, is six, the rest of this issue. Year released, issue seven, was released June 12th, 2019, and issue 12 came out of September 18th on that same year. Our writer was Brian Ruckley, and our artist was Angel Hernandez, Andrew Griffith, Anna Malkova, Beth McGuire-Smith, and Sarah Petra Dorsher, with colors by Joanna LaFont and Josh Burcham. Trivia! Is going to be in issue number seven, Nominus Prime's historic speech, in which he introduces the Nominus Edict, praises the notions of peace through stability and through restraint. In what seems like a de- deliberate call forward to Megatron's famous peace through tyranny motto. In issue number 10, both this issue and the previous issue, number 9, must have shuffled around very late in production as the solicits for both these issues describe the events of the other and the covers more or less fit better one way, the other way around. In issue 11, our stained glass windows on the walls of the Senate depict Alpha Trion, Solus Prime, Nexus Prime, Solomus, and Quintus Prime. These were not a script mandate and were added by artist Anna Malkova. According to her, they are meant to represent various branches of the government. Legislative, judicial, executive, social services, and education. Other statues in the hall are based off a stylized version of Sentinel Prime's live-action film series counterpart. Ooh, that's really cool. 
Our last trivia fact for today is in issue 12 on page 2. We see a little reference. Um, one of the generic Cybertronians in the crowd is colored like Rom the Space Knight, which we have previously had crossovers for. Nice. Fantastic. I gotta go and look that's at those all windows. The fast fact. Yeah, I know. Today. I, go I, know, I was thinking those. the same thing. <laughs> now, time for some summaries. As questions pile up for the bots of security operations, a grieving bumblebee heads down a new path. But is life as one of Alita One's Ascenticons everything he hoped it would be? Tune in to bum, find bum, out. Bum. <laughs> and as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. From the wiki. Every time with you. <laughs> always the wiki. Always. Why not? But before we get started, special shout out to our Patreons. Fantastic. We couldn't do it without you. We appreciate you all the time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Shall we get started? Let's we get started. So continuing the events of the previous issue with Rumble's death, B wants to join the Ascenticons more than ever. What are our thoughts on this, along with Alita One joining as well? I'm so excited for Rumble and now they're dead. I know. I can't believe he died. <laughs> I killed a baby. He was a day old. Wasn't it? Oh, I guess yeah, it might have been a couple days, but poor Rumble. I Poor thought Rumble. it was going to be Rubble would turn into Rumble, like they would change their name. So I thought that was the direction that might be going because they were still trying to find themselves and then they killed them. And I'm like, well, I guess that theory is done. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that went away pretty quickly. Also, before we get any deeper for reference, uh, those stained glass windows are the first panel on the first page of issue 11. Ooh, fantastic. Good note. Good note. I, ha I had the book next to me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so... I actually forgot, it, it covers it later on in the issues, but I actually forgot um, Optimus asked Bumblebee to join the Rise Guard. He did a little bit of his own, but he wanted him to be an inside man. He references it, I think, in issue like eight or nine. He's talking about, you wanted me on the inside, and do you still want me on the inside with all this happening? Um, is what Optimus was trying to convince him to leave the guard because they were going to go in and get barricade. Uh, so it was right towards the end. And I had forgotten that Optimus had sent, or Orion, pardon me, had sent him in to the Ascenticon Guard. Huh. Sneaky, sneaky infiltration. I know. It sounds very deceptive to me. <laughs> it is sound deceptive. So moving us along, Flame War makes their appearance and starts a fight with Cyclonus. I saw that somewhere someone had like a fan theory. Yeah, Flame War does fantastic in this one. There's a fan <laughs> theory that Hot Rod and Flame War might be siblings. And you know what? I can see the the resemblance, and I wish this was canon because like the the they're always fighting outside their weight class and flames and attitude, yeah. right? They mm. did not think first. <laughs> they did not think first. I do like the design a lot, like the art style. I really like oh, yeah. it. It's very vibrant and like uh, flame war looks mm -hmm. amazing. We need yeah. like an official Decepticon flame war toy. We have the shattered glass version, but can we get like the normal one? I think it's it's in the Shattered Glass line. I don't think it's Shattered Glass. I don't know why they did that, but... Yeah. But it's got the Shattered Glass insignia on it. Oh. Yeah, you just put a sticker over it. A yeah. sticker over it. Sticker it. <laughs> I like Shadow Striker. Yes. Uh, I'm happy yeah. to see them again. What are theories at this point with those two seeming to work together at the moment? Uh, they're definitely part of the... Of the faction that's trying to take out Megatron. Okay. That's for sure, because they've... they definitely have their own plan in motion, and that's that's my theory so far. Clickbait? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, there. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's so much. I mean, Megatron always has his hands in so many different pots that it would not surprise me if it's so much trying to take out Megatron as trying to bring down the Autobot faction and the, mm-hmm. you know, how they're having like this kind of cast almost system ingrained into here with this nominous edict, this just monotony that everybody's chafing against instead of, and by way of doing that, you know, these Centicons are just collateral damage. Yeah, you can definitely tell tensions are rising in this issue. <laughs> definitely. Because Megatron's very clearly up to far more things than just these no Centicons. No <laughs> Yeah. Well, Megatron's He's always, always up to something. like 5D chess. I know, and then him like and, him later and on, later on in the yeah. series, Megatron's planning all this stuff, and I'm like, dang, he's like eight steps ahead, and other people don't even know what game they're playing yet. And Megatron's right. like this the only one with such a, a good villain. I know. Speaking of, like, uh, <laughs> I was just gonna say I like villains when they like plan ahead. Yes, and, and they, they always like outsmart the the hero. Speaking of villains or possible villains. We're soon introduced to Termagax. I hope I'm saying that right. A character yeah, everyone has been mentioning, but we are just now getting to know her. Who are they and what are they doing? They, I like the design. It's very Cybertronian. And it almost looks almost inspired as the, the Siege Ironhide mold a little bit. Uh, but they're Megatron's old mentor. And I don't want to say old because they're definitely talking here, but... They used to oversee Megatron when he was in the mines, and they've decided to go to their, I don't know if this would be their home or lab, but they've they've pretty much secluded themselves, and they're, they're working on their own projects on the side, and uh, Megatron's just kind of seeing them again and try to get them to kind of join him in uh, leading the, the Ascenticons. Yeah, I think... Termagax is a bot who had an idea, but I mean, she's very clearly aware of who in the Senate and who on Cybertron is going to prohibit that change that, you know, she so desperately wishes the Cybertronians would wake up and see needs to happen. And she's just, until that happens, she's she'd way rather be working on her inventions and doing her own thing than being out with Megatron and being involved with other bots and I think it's interesting where Megatron goes in and you can see him first he starts trying to figure out where she's at like what she's doing mm-hmm. where like what kind of headspace she's in and then you see him start to prod a little bit deeper and almost twist kind of her what she's thinking and feeling into convincing her to stay embedded in this uh in her lab or home or wherever she's at because then he leaves and he's like oh Termagex won't be a problem. Continue on his plan. And I'm like, oh, hang on. Hang on a second. So Yeah, it felt very much like Megatron. It's like, it's very easier to contain an issue or a possible issue if you know where they are at all times. If they leave, he won't know where she went. Exactly. Right? So that's what it felt like in that situation, to me at least. But do you, moving us further, uh, we get a scene with the Sideswipe and Chromia investigation finding Sixshot and Flamewar once again. Any favorite scenes? Because my personally is Flamewar asking if Sideswipe is holding a thermal lancer and then just saying she's got that beat and just shoots flames from her arms. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I like Sixshot. I love his design. I think he's super cool. I was excited to see Sixshot again yeah. and so early in the continuity too because... Right. Very brief last one. 
Yeah. Yeah. He he showed up. He was a menace, and then they just kind of forgot about him in the last <laughs> one. So I was excited to see him here. Uh, I yeah, think the whole. <laughs> He did. He did. I don't think he was into it that time, but maybe <laughs> we'll see that again here. He did the stepping this time around. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I like I like all the conflict and the little battles they did here. I thought I thought that was cool because we get to see Chromia sideswipe and Woodblade have their own kind of battles, and we get to see them do their own kind of thing. Which was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it was really cool to see that. Like they're definitely having distinct personalities in this right away, right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. And the fighting styles are completely different. You know, when Blade instantly goes for her sword and Kermia prefers to seek cover and shoot later. And obviously mm-hmm. Sideswipe is Sideswipe. But... <laughs> sideswipe, Sideswipe, Sideswipe. <laughs> That's perfect. I like how, like, when he's in recovery, he can't let go of the fact that Flame War just knew what the weapon was and just wouldn't <laughs> give it up. It was like, but she knew the weapon. It's like, that's what got, got to you, not the wanting to kill you part i think chromia had was like no it's not a thermal lance and he was like yes it is what are you talking about and then flame war just knew what it was instantly and he's like ha i told you yeah so we've been speaking a lot about being ahead in the game we are now introducing to shockwave and his involvement working in the shadows controlling the rise because of megatron what are our theories on what his plans are because it feels very much like Sure, he's working for Megatron, but it feels like he has his own end goal separate. Oh, I guarantee you, it's Shockwave. Always. Always. I was a little bit let down that they showed Megatron already kind of uh, controlling the rice and kind of make it uh, being used so that he can gain more power with the Ascenticons. I was hoping this was more of Megatron was actually trying to do good, and then there was another faction that... Uh, kind of forced him to become what he was instead of him already kind of controlling both and just kind of be- making a play out of it. I was, uh, you know, that's, it's not bad. I just, I was thinking it was going to be in a, in a different direction. Well, Kilo, if we know anything about Transformers in the previous continuity, it's a lot of statements on the real world and real world situations. I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but just don't be wearing a red hat. <laughs> Um, one thing that... You gonna be okay clicking? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm fine. One thing that I thought was interesting was... You see it more in the later issues when they... When you spend that time out in space and you see Sentinel Prime and his his crew. Is how it's super mm. interesting, the art differences between the characters who, by this point, had War for Cybertron either figures or had been in the show. Oh, yeah. And then these very stylized, very unique designs, um, the very streamlined designs of the previous IDW characters or characters who just had not yet had a figure made for them for the War for Cybertron line. Like, you know, the difference between... I think st- it was funny because it was... Everybody had been... Were together and they all had the same style design except for Starscream because he'd had a War for Cybertron figure made of him already and so his design was so random it kind of chafed against the rest of the image a little bit just because yeah uh, a lot of the Sentinel Prime's crew had the Titans Return toy line look to him whereas like Starscream yes, like you said had the War for Cybertron. Cybertron same with Chromia same with uh like Prowl Optimus a yeah. little bit yes. like it's very similar we see a titan ship in the background when we do. Yeah, arrives, we just get so titan. i'm excited i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited to meet them it's very quick yeah it's just land transform and that's it yeah <laughs> so with sentinel prime's return he's not very happy with how the senate has been since his absence 
clearly. What do you... Yeah, right? What do you think his plans are? He's going to make it a problem very quickly. I mean, he's already telling them to just go into the Ascenticon building and get Barricade. And Orion's like, that's the whole problem, is that you think you can just do this and you're not willing to talk it out with anybody. And so I think Sentinel is just going to cause more problems now that he's back. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it might be biased because of the other continuity, but I already suspect him to be up for <laughs> to no good. <laughs> and I'm expecting to, to go sideways <laughs> very soon. Yeah. So moving us along, Megatron gives a speech to the Centicons. And that new insignia looks oddly familiar. It, I can't it does. Quite it put my seems finger on it. like I've seen it somewhere before. I'm not sure where. It's great. I feel like it's deceived me somehow, but I can't quite, just can't quite figure it out. It was a great speech. I really liked it. Did you notice in the background of the same speech, we have, I think it was the Generation Selects G-Haxis, the orange one that uses oh. the Starscream mold, uh, the... When they did the Armada mold before Legacy. Suspicious. He's like standing right in the I back. I wonder if that's on purpose. Like for later. Like he's spying for Shockwave. Wouldn't Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we've already we've already been introduced to so many major players in such early editions. Uh, um, mm -hmm. What are these called? Issues. Yeah, in such early issues. Yeah, soon. it's going to come to a boiling point very, very quickly. I mean, we already saw the death of a new Forge. That's not great. Oh, no. Definitely not helping situations here. Yeah. Before the 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 speech, six shot attacks the Ascenticon headquarters to get barricade. On orders of Megatron, or, No, yeah. it was Quake. I think it was no, no, Quake, right? No, Quake, is, Quake was already gone because Quake murdered Rubble. Yeah, okay. Then it was, yeah, it was barricade <clears throat> because of, they couldn't let them tell you. But I, I like, uh, like the fight is cool. Like the, the drawings are cool. Uh, I, I But I do like the little weaponizers. The... Mm -hmm. That, that are with him, so I thought it was cool seeing them because uh, I know they're kind of linking it with the toy line, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to see the little bots. <laughs> yeah, I think also at this time, those the TCG line still going, and that was the involvement with that. Yeah, uh, that I think that was coming out. Yep, my last note in our last issue is a flashback before Sentinel Prime's return, so it's like things on the ship and it centers around Nanaka and Rogue, I love Rogue Rage performing organic relationship slash preserving the peace. And Clickbait loves it, so tell us more. <laughs> well, I have always been a huge fan of the idea of the xenobiologists, especially Nanaka. Um, I love that you know it relates the humans have something similar, they call it, I think it's um anthropology and it's very very similar to studying you know these you know uh xeno relations and everything and it's so fun to get to see what's going on not on cybertron and how they're still trying to keep cybertron safe by in, away from wars with other planets by going out and having these xenobiologists perform these relations these intergalactic relations to try and keep extra d drama from coming to cybertron and I loved about the Thrall and how they were doing all of that. And then, obviously, Nautica and Red Rage are the best partners. You get the brains and the brawn. It's hilarious. Yes. I love that. It's yes. cliche, but it's not cliche at the same time. I'm excited to see more. I'm so happy With, to see them Road so Rage, They don't get very much screen time at all. And this is the first yeah. time like they're actually part of the main cast, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. And we get them so early too, and the like. We don't, you know. Last time we got Nautica and most characters in the more than meets the eye, and you know, halfway through phase two and stuff like that. So, 
I'm happy to to get so many of the cast mm-hmm. early on. Any other notes we want to circle back to or anything you want to mention before we move on to Rod Star rating? Hmm. Oh. Art is gorgeous as yeah, always. Art is gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I do like the, I think I mentioned it last time, but the the art style for the, the Bumblebee story and the Ascenticons and that, it does switch between different artists throughout. Uh, but there's one that almost looks like a like a stained glass kind of art. Forgot the name of the, of the thing again, but I really like that 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 art style that they, that they're going there. Like the 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 black lines are more defined, and then uh, everybody's more squared up, and, and, and it gives it a an art deco design. That's the word I was looking for, an art deco, and I really love that art style. Clickbait? Anything from you? Yeah, I had I had a couple a couple extra things. I thought it was fun. I always love when they bring up how they address, you know, communications and everything. And I love the idea how they bring up the internal comms, how when you don't have a a voice coming Mm -hmm. from a direction to orient you, how they hate it. And they make a comment about, yes, you can do it, but nobody does it because we all hate it. And it's disgusting because you can't, you have no idea, you know, is the voice coming from you? Where is it coming from? Whose voice is it? You have to strictly relate it to the vocal tone as opposed to the direction that the voice is coming from which is a lot of fun. Right, you can't make optic contact. With exactly. Them. And then, you know, I thought it was fun because they brought up another really great point. Nautica was talking about the Thrall and how they have, like, consciousness in their little droid things that they have. Orb. No, 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 uh, the Thrall, not the Voin. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the little bomb? Yeah, so the little that bomb, but how it had an bit. actual, like, consciousness that had been manipulated into doing something else. Or it looked itself. like a mouse droid. It did look like a mouse droid from War Stars. <laughs> and yes. I wonder what the bot, like Nautica would think of the um, AI technology that the humans have. Because it's it's different. Yes, there's not like a, a living being that has been encapsulated into a consciousness and their entire self rewritten into a sole purpose to the behest of whatever the Thrall want them to do. But it's still you know, very similar. You have, you're kind of creating almost, um, this programmed conscious into something. So I, I think it would be interesting to get mm, Nautica's insight on what, what she thought about AI. Let us know in the comments what you think, listeners. Yeah. Jump in. And then uh, my only other thing were my top quotes of the day were Megatron's, I think in issue six, uh, issue seven or eight when he's in the Senate meeting and he tells Orion, Ideas are like shrapnel. They do not know friend from foe. I thought that was very... That's that's a very good very one. Deep. I feel like that's actually taken from somewhere, but I don't know I where. I don't know, but it just it comes off so well, and it's so true. It's so true. And then, obviously, I love Nautica. Um, she says, I generally consider most Cybertronians incapable of distinguishing amoral self-interest from cleverness. And she says that in regards to Starscream, because people think that he's clever, but she's really just calling him a, a self-interested <laughs> it's great she does it in such a technical I mean, way how else do you describe you him? can but i think it's fun when she's like no people think this but he's really just she this. was being nice she was being nice she was being yeah. nice she, yeah she was being nice that's okay. it for me those uh, are my last things clickbait you want to lead us to rod star rating okay how many rod stars is it out of uh, five. five and you can do halves halves okay cool Let's see. And it's overall for this whole six issue part, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I really liked the character development. I liked that we got to see characters we haven't seen before. I liked that they went lots of places. I'm going to give it a four out of five rod stars. Four out of five. Solid, solid. Kilobyte. 
Uh, I'm very easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been reading these and I've been having a blast. Uh, I like the setting. It's not during war. It's not. It's almost beginning war, but we still get to see Cybertron and you know, like almost peaceful time. Everybody gets to do other things, and we'll cover that more on the on the next issue that we're gonna be reading. But. I really enjoyed it. I like the the whole backstory that they're doing. It was worthy, or like wordy, not worthy, but wordy. As it has a lot of Texas, is dropping a lot of lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I still had fun. I liked seeing all these characters that are uh, beloved to me, and like seeing them come back earlier in the story. Uh, so I'm just gonna give you these a five because uh, I'm I'm having a blast so far. Suspicious, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I would probably go four and a half, and here's why. I know this is the beginning. Uh, there is a lot of lore. The art is fantastic. The story they're telling is good because it's something different, and I appreciate that. But like I said, uh, they're, it feels like they're dropping lore too quickly. Like I feel That's like they fair. need to pace themselves just a little bit. And I, I understand how Kilo likes that because he loves lore. He loves it. He'll eat that up. But I, <laughs> I needed to be paced out a little slow burn. Uh, even a little bit less would have been great. But less? Four and a half for me. I like the lore. A little less lore. No, no, the lore is good. I would keep it, but pace it more. I thought it was paced. I was like, Just I want more. Out, not... I don't know. Like I, The more I read it, like the more I get hooked <laughs> mm-hmm. on it, the more I want to know. And I, I'd rather have that than be like, nothing's I happening know. in this one. And then just kind of, I kind of get bored of not wanting to get to the next part because it's like nothing's happening. Well, that's your opinion. And it's right. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> But, listeners, what did you think of these comics? How many Rod Stars would you give it? Let us know by leaving a comment below. So, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. That is S-W-E-R-V-E-S-B-A-R podcast at gmail.com. Now, we don't have any new emails for to read to you today, but we have been in contact with a few voice actors... For some upcoming Q&As. And for some D&D crossovers. So pay attention. Hit that notification bar. And you'll be notified as soon as those are available. Yeah, ring the ring the bell. <laughs> ring the bell. Whatever the uh, Earth uh, tuber use uh, say. Hello. <laughs> Clickbait. Are you ready for Transformers Galaxies? Issues 1 through 6. I'm always I'm ready. ready. I'm excited. Oh, yes. Uh, Kilo, clickbait. You have any new toys you want to talk about? Mm. I got some new toys. I got a couple new toys. I picked up some of the... Okay, let's pick one for now one and one toy? for the next one. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> spread the love per episode. Okay, fine. I picked up a uh, Japanese-exclusive release Takara uh, Transformers Prime, Optimus Prime First Edition, the translucent version at TFCon. That figure has a lot of titles. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, too. I could have just said... It was first edition, exclusive... Grand Admiral, first edition, classic edition, translucent edition. Yeah. Edition squared, I mean, I could have class. just said it was a Transformers Prime Optimus first edition Takara release, but... No, no, what you said the first time is great. better. It was great. We're okay. keeping that. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I just be careful with it because I've hear translucent plastic is very fragile. So, yeah. are you gonna keep it in the box or are you gonna take it out? I haven't decided yet. Okay, suggestion: keep it in box. Noted. But I got myself at TFCon. It's the Iron Factory 
EX27, which is a little slipstream. And I really, I really like it. It's very fun. I mess with it on my desk at all times. And it's fun to transform and pose. And they are just very cute. Wonderful. I have the fans hobby, hobby naval commander, the second run of it where he's blue and red. And he is absolutely fantastic. He's like a masterpiece version of the Armada Optimus. And I am super excited for the Jetfire and Overload. Yes. Armada. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. If you want to help out the show even further, we have started a Patreon. All the episodes and proceeds will be posted there and will go forth to supporting the show and keeping the lights on. Of course, we have some tiers that offer other forms of gratitude, such as 3D files, entry to our Discord, where you can chat with us live. We will also, we're ordering some pins. And if you are a Patreon member of the Rod Star, the Golden Rod Star class, you will get a free pin as soon as those come in the mail. Super exciting. I'm excited for those. They turned out really nice. They just need to get here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Patreons get episodes a week earlier before the public release, so you'll know things up to date, like as soon as possible. We also have a goal to reach 500 subscribers. We'll be holding a brand new kind of giveaway we've never done before, so click that subscribe button and tell your friends it's a good time. And as always, we hope you are all staying safe out there. Thank you so, so much for listening till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Swords Bar Podcast, and even on Tumblr. Yes, with everything going on on Twitter, we figured we should cover our bases. Speaking of which, you can also find us on Twitter at Swords Bar, if that's still a thing. If you're interested in more content, try checking out our spin-off D&D series, Transform and Rollout. Season 3, titled Eons, is now available. Let's tune in to a preview now. You're showing that you have been bestowed a matrix. Is there like a private room I can do that? Or do I just have to do it in the open? Or I'll, I'll turn around. On the farthest left is an empty blue chair. Wow. Is that true? Hold on. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> you, you, you landed on your feet. Okay. I'm going to make sure... Cross Summit's still alive because I, for some reason, feel really bad for this little guy. Uh, okay. Him and all his poor anxiety. He's still alive. He looks like he's just being a drama queen and passed out. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Okay. Can I duck? Can I assume what's going to happen and duck? Roll me a wisdom. Wisdom. Sweet soul is prime. What is going on? I don't like this game! <laughs> and yet you keep coming back for more. Why? Why can't I be in prime heaven? <laughs> well, that was certainly something. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content, such as video games containing funny comments and trendy shorts. A link will be provided below. And if you're so inclined, you can support us on Patreon where you can get even more bonus content, such as reading files, access to their Discord, and listen to the content before it's released to the public. More links will be provided below. End transmission.